88K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong sees its first cases of an Omicron subvariant. A chief advisor on the pandemic says the COVID immunity now built up here gives the SER a chance to resume normal life. And Beijing officially appoints John Lee as Hong Kong's next chief executive. Health officials say they have found Hong Kong's first cases of an Omicron subvariant known as BA2.12.1 as they reported a cluster of infections linked to a quarantine hotel. But as Timmy Sung reports, experts say they aren't worried about another major outbreak here. The Center for Health Protection said the new cases involved a couple who flew in from the United States on May the 3rd and quarantined at the Lan Kwai Fong Hotel at Kao Yu Fong. Officials said they tested negative throughout their seven-day quarantine, but their tests conducted at the community testing center on May the 14th came back positive. The 64-year-old woman had a high viral load, while her 65-year-old husband was asymptomatic. They were both vaccinated. They visited various fast food restaurants in Chao K1 and Cory Bay before they were confirmed positive, and 11 premises they have visited were issued compulsory testing notices. After further investigation, the CHP found that a father and son who stayed at the same hotel between May the 7th and 10th, but on a different floor, had also contracted Omicron. Officials said the genome sequencing showed they carried the same virus strain as the couple. After inspecting the hotel with government officials, University of Hong Kong microbiologist Yun Kwok Yong said vertical transmission involving the air or sewage pipes at the hotel may be to blame. However, Professor Yun said people need not to be worried about the likelihood of another major outbreak in the community, as the vaccination rate in Hong Kong is already quite high. Authorities reported 243 new COVID infections for the day, including 26 that were imported. There were also four new deaths. Earlier, Professor Yun Kwok Yung said the SCR had now, now had a golden opportunity to resume normal life with the government advisor on the pandemic making a raft of suggestions for the further easing of COVID rules. He urged the government to shorten quarantine for inbound travellers from seven to five days, adding that hotel quarantine could be replaced by home quarantine soon should the situation remain stable. He also said close contacts could be exempted from quarantine provided they'd been vaccinated, although they should still get tested for seven consecutive days. Don't forget the barrier will crumble gradually as the level of antibodies in vaccinated people will drop. Therefore, Hong Kong has come to this stage that we're having a golden opportunity to resume to normal. If we don't grasp this opportunity, we may see another wave of infections in the winter. That's why I said if we want to relax the rules, it's time to do it now. Health Secretary Sophia Chan has rejected calls from two University of Hong Kong professors to drop vaccine pass requirements for those aged under 60, describing their comments as inappropriate. Writing in the Ming Pao newspaper, Professor Chan said the measure was still necessary and that branding it coercive could reignite vaccine hesitancy among the public. Wendy Wong has more. People aged over 12 have to be double-jabbed to enter venues such as restaurants, supermarkets and shopping malls, and the requirement will be raised to three doses from May the 31st. HKU epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling and assistant pharmacy professor Theo Chan said this week the rule meant younger adults were being forced to get jabbed. 
Health Secretary Sophia Chan has rejected the calls to drop the vaccine pass for under-60s, however. In her article, Professor Chan said the measure was still necessary to incentivize people to get jabbed and that it will allow the city to resume normal activities. Beijing has officially appointed John Lee as Hong Kong's next chief executive, 12 days after he was picked by the election committee. In response, Mr Lee thanked the central government for appointing him. He said he was fully aware of his responsibility and would shoulder his mission with loyalty and perseverance. He also pledged to live up to the expectations of Beijing and Hong Kongers and vowed to tackle the challenges and unite society. Mr Lee will take office on July the 1st. Now the weather becoming cloudy, the minimum temperature tomorrow about 25 degrees, hot with sunny periods during the day. Maximum temperature around 31 degrees, light to moderate south to southeasterly winds. The outlook, sunny intervals and a few showers in the following couple of days. Temperatures currently 26 degrees, humidity 82%. You're tuned to RTHK, the time is 5 minutes past 11. Shanghai has announced its first new COVID cases outside quarantine areas in five days, triggering stricter curbs and mass testing in one district. The plans to end a prolonged citywide lockdown at the start of next month still appear to be on track. Natalie Ching reports. The three new coronavirus cases were found in the same family in the city's Qingpu district. The authorities said they had all had three shots of vaccine and their infections were discovered during regular testing. They said the trio had not left their district in the past 14 days, but had visited at least four places, including a supermarket, all of which were sealed off and are being disinfected. The area's more than 200,000 people had also been retested, they said, and all results were negative. Zhang Yan is the deputy head of Qingpu district. Our district will follow the precise prevention and control measures, do a good job in epidemic prevention and control, and achieve dynamic clearing as soon as possible. Other Shanghai officials said steps in the gradual reopening of the massive city are going ahead, with suburban parks due to open from Sunday. Local government officials said the plan to reopen four of the city's metro lines this weekend also remain on track. The Qingpu patients were among 858 new COVID infections reported in Shanghai, up from 719 on Thursday. Beijing added another 62 cases, also up slightly from the day before, while Sichuan province reported 120 new infections. But new COVID cases overall on the mainland held relatively steady, at just over a 1,000. A girls' school in Kuntong says the teacher has resigned after admitting watching pornography in class and accidentally projecting the adult material onto a screen where people saw it. It's Wendy Wong. Lengshik Chi College said it's triggered its emergency response mechanism following the incident. In a statement, the girls' school in Kuntong said the teacher involved accidentally projected some porn images onto the screen during a lesson which were seen by some students. The secondary school said the teacher has admitted his wrongdoing and resigned with immediate effect. It said it has offered counselling to students affected, adding that a report has been made to the Education Bureau and the police. In a statement, the Federation of Education Workers called the incident shocking and said it believes the teacher has violated his professional conduct. It urged the Education Bureau to fully investigate the incident and revoke the teacher's licence if the allegations are substantiated. The Equal Opportunities Commission says media outlets are now doing better at providing fair coverage of ethnic minorities with fewer discriminatory portrayals. That's according to a study funded by the Watchdog. 
Researchers from City and Polytechnic University said they had examined 300 online news stories relating to ethnic minorities and identified racial bias in just one. However, reader comments were a different matter. Researchers say almost 5% of the 7,000 they studied were discriminatory. Yuan Wang is an assistant professor with CityU. One possible reason was that most reader comments were anonymous, so some readers may want to say whatever they want uh, in the online space. We suggested that online media companies can try to delete some reader comments that may amount to racial verification. The chair of LegCo's Public Works Committee, Lo Wai Kwok, has defended a government request for more funds to expand the council complex in Admiralty after undermesting the cost of the work. Last year, lawmakers approved nearly $1.2 billion for the project, but as Timmy Sung reports, it's now estimated to cost at least $1.56 billion. In a paper submitted to the Legislative Council, the government says tender prices are higher than expected because the unique and unprecedented difficulties of the project. It says the extremely stringent limitation on work arrangements and extensive amount of work that can only be carried out at night throughout the construction period further aggravates the complexity of the project and escalates costs. Works of committee chairman Lowe called the higher price tag reasonable. I wouldn't say it's cost overrun as construction hasn't even started. The construction teams can only work overnight to avoid affecting LegCo's normal operations during the day. Is challenging and therefore affects the project cost, he said. Mr Lowe said the expansion project is needed because the LegCo complex is overcrowded. Under the reforms to Hong Kong's political system, instituted by Beijing last year, the number of seats in the SEL's legislature was increased from 70 to 90. The government has declared Hong Kong's oldest mosque an official monument. Officials say the century-old Jamia Mosque on Shelley Street in Mid-Levels is historically significant. Also declared monuments are City Hall in Central and the Chinese-style Loi Seng Chun building in Mong Kok. Architecture scholar Li Ho Yin says the choices add diversity to Hong Kong's list of official monuments. They are very different in uh, its use, in its function. It is also of a very different um, aesthetics, you know. And so to diversify uh, our inventory of declared monuments and uh, not everything is old and Chinese churches, you know, the kind of stuff, you know, and also that include uh, different religion uh, representing. It's now, you know, I can see that with this inclusion, uh, we are beginning to see that the list of uh, declared monuments has wider representation. And uh, so it's more diversified. I mean, if you want to talk about cultural sustainability you know, and diversity, it's one of the most uh, essential ingredients. Several lawmakers have voiced support for Hong Kong Tramway's request for high affairs, saying they hope the increase will tide the historic trams through current financial difficulties. The company's managing director, Cyril Oban, said if the proposal to raise the adult fare from $2.60 to $3 was rejected, it faced a large deficit this year. Lawmakers, including Perry Yu, have said they're concerned about the company's longer-term prospects as its revenues have shrunk over several years. But Mr. Orban believes passenger numbers can be stabilised. So at $3, our low fare positioning in the public transport ecosystem will be unchanged. Still, we will be almost 30% cheaper than the cheapest bus. So our financial situation is at risk, but not hopeless. We need a bit of time to innovate and find the best business model and keep on optimising our assets. 
United States is putting increasing pressure on the British government to resolve its dispute with the European Union over Northern Ireland trade. Washington is alarmed at British plans to override a post-Brexit agreement, which it says could undermine the peace process in Northern Ireland. In a BBC interview, a senior official at the State Department, Derek Cholet, warned that the row could also undermine Western unity over Russia's military campaign in Ukraine. This is a moment where Vladimir Putin is going to use any opportunity he can to show that our alliance is fraying in any way. The United States values the Good Friday Agreement. We want to see that maintained. Uh, that's a priority for us. We really want to see this resolved. The last thing we believe that we need collectively is a big fight between the UK and the EU at a moment where we need to be showing a, a message of unity. The commander of Ukraine's Azov Regiment says the evacuation of civilians and wounded soldiers from the Azovstal steel plant in Mariupol has been completed. Denis Prokopenko said in a video message that the process of removing the bodies of those who had died in the fighting was still underway. We have managed to evacuate the civilians. The badly wounded have received the necessary aid and will be swapped and delivered to Ukraine-controlled territory. As for removing the bodies of the dead heroes, the process continues. But I hope that in the near future, relatives and the whole of Ukraine will be able to bury their warriors with honours. Sport now and for a preview of the final week of action in this in the English Premier League season, here's the BBC's John Bennett. So after 37 games, it all comes down to this. The Premier League title race decided on the final day of the season. Leaders Manchester City are in the driving seat. A victory over Aston Villa in front of their own fans will guarantee that the trophy will be back in the hands of their captain for the second successive season. But if they fail to win and second place Liverpool get all three points against Wolves, the title will be heading to Anfield. To add another twist to this dramatic final day, Aston Villa's manager is Steven Gerrard, a Liverpool legend, so he could do his old club a huge favour. Below the title race, there'll be plenty more drama on the final day. Tottenham need just a point against already relegated Norwich City to book fourth place and Champions League football. But if they lose, their North London rivals Arsenal could steal that spot with a win over Everton. And in the relegation battle, Burnley and Leeds are competing to avoid the drop. They're level on points, but Burnley's much better goal difference means Leeds have to better their result to stay up. Leeds are away to Brentford. Burnley host Newcastle. Meanwhile, new Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag will watch his team as they play Crystal Palace. Those are some of the big games. This is John Bennett at BBC Global Sport. Mind of our top stories tonight, Hong Kong sees its first cases of an Omicron subvariant. The chief advisor on the pandemic says the COVID immunity now built up here gives the SCR a chance to resume normal life. And Beijing appoints John Lee as Hong Kong's next chief executive. The news from RTHK. Peter King, entertaining Hong Kong since 1985. Bye. 
the king of course and one night with you into our second hour this friday night as it is here in hong kong wherever you are on our little planet you're more than welcome to join in it's radio pete at gmail if you'd like a song maybe something for a friday night would be really good this one not so far back it's a track from fleetwood mac 